And now, another cup of... The London Fog. Welcome. We have Welcome returned. <laughs> I know, we have risen from our ashes. And that is the dumpster fire that is 2020. Have to bring been... you this episode. Yeah, we did record in 2020, though. I just don't remember when it was. But you know what, guys? It's a pandemic. And also Kate got oh, married. Yeah. So I just I like, know there's so much those are like, both really good excuses. I mean, how about this? Before we even stopped recording, like I feel like we did like a COVID episode, like a couple, right? Yeah, Back and in, then like, we were both moving. And so and we both moved. We had that my boyfriend moved down into Houston. My and boyfriend then became her then husband. Became my fiance. <laughs> oh yeah, that happens first. He moved. <laughs> We've been, you know, and then we decided, what the hell? Let's just also do a wedding in this crazy year. So we did that. And now we have, oh my gosh, just so much going on that I, like you then look up and it's now December. Like, what the hell? It still feels like it should be like March, April, but I'm really happy it's not. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like that, but it's like... <laughs> It also is almost going to be March and April again. And I, I just know. feel like I can't handle another March like this last March. No, so. no, I completely agree. I'm in the same like mood of it all. Like just ready for, well, some Christmas, some like happiness. And so of course, everything else that has been going on has brought me back to my roots of we needed to get back to recording, especially The Crown. Oh, Good heavens. Wait, Have wait, you been wait. watching? Yeah. Well, okay. Here's what happened. Well, so my husband decided he oh, there's wanted a story to watch here. The Crown. Well, He's no. never watched? No, he never had. And so oh. um, so I, I'm not on the current season because I started re-watching it with him. So we're on season okay. three. So I haven't – I mean, it's like <laughs> he hates watching it with me because then I tell him all the real history behind it. Um, but like, so, I mean, it's like, there's not any spoilers really, you know, but <laughs> I mean, you do a really excellent job, but there's almost more you could add to it. Yeah. They definitely take it from that Hollywood. They're going to show, you know, one side of it and also then kind of embellish some of the other crap. So let me think of season three was, was that's really the first season that Olivia Coleman and Helen Barton. Yes. Yes. Carter, come on. Okay. And I don't know. Okay. This is, it's kind of like that 60s era, right? Yeah. Okay. But the problem is, so this is why I never got into Dr. Who is that I just don't like it when the actor changes. So like, so for me, it's like, yeah, season three is like good, whatever. I'm sure season four is, but it's like, I don't know. I just, I miss, I miss the old queen, but. Oh, I mean, okay. I can understand what was her name. Claire Foy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent actress. I just, I love this progression. And I, what I had previously read was season four was supposed to be it. They were going to wrap up kind of the like ending of kind of, not ending, but like mid turmoil of the Diana years. But they have had such a good success with it they will come back for a season five and they're even talking about maybe taking it to a season six 
seeing about all of the drama that's almost been going on in our current 2019, I don't know. 2020. I don't think they should. Like, I think it would be really hard to like keep it good. Yeah, <laughs> when, exactly. When like, it's it, so current. If you get too current, number one, I feel like everything's been far removed enough that like this current season four that came out is like the most current and the most upsetting mm-hmm. to like the current royal family. Like, I feel like before oh, this, sure. it was like whatever this is past stuff you know but and like most of the people are dead like princess margaret winston churchill whatever but like i don't know i just don't think it's about current family yeah i don't think they should do that because i just feel like they like the family's been through so much with paparazzi and stuff anyway that this is just gonna like like if they get too current it's gonna dig up too much and like I don't know, like for no reason, you know, like, it's... I mean, but it makes excellent TV, which I think that's where people are interested in, you know, um, I would be curious to know though, let's just say they do it. Let's just say we get through season five would be probably, and I, this is me just guesstimating. I'm guessing like ending with like Diana's like death. We've yeah, gone through see, the divorce, all they this transition year. Show that on TV. Like, I mean, it's sad, but it's the truth, you know, like, I, well, I yeah, love but the I just show feel like for... it's like disrespectful to show it, you know, like, yeah, it's true. And it happened. And if you want to know about it, you can read the actual history. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I feel like we we have so many shows that already, you know, that would be like saying, let's not make another war film. No, and I, like, don't, I, I don't understand because that's like. So most of the time, I mean, granted, there are, like, more, uh, but, like, first of all, most war stuff about real people is stuff from, like, World War II. So that's pretty far removed. Exactly. Like, so people most, believe that it's almost like a fantasy. Like, it's not even real but life But the stuff anymore. that they do current, like, when usually when they do, like, current, like, Iraq war or whatever I mean that's not even current anymore (laughs) but you know like more Mm -hmm. current stuff I feel like they usually if they're showing someone's death and stuff it's either like the person like died super honorably saving someone which is different because like that's like showing how great they were or the deaths that they're showing are not real people like it's like a person like it's where I'm kind of going like no I've seen more like what we're calling quote entertainment now is showing the reality that like the good guy doesn't always win. And we also don't, not every story doesn't have a hero in it. Yeah. But it's showing a fake person. Like it's not showing like it's a character that is doing that. Right. Based on though true events, you know? So yes, I understand that Diana is a real person, but I mean, the way that the British paparazzi, the world's paparazzi was acting during that time, I just wouldn't be surprised if if they're going to show, you know, teenage suicide on for, quote, entertainment purposes. And yes, quote, it's a fictional uh, person. Why, why wouldn't they show almost kind of the delude, the kind of the delusion that we got into that paparazzi almost had this political power and literally drove her into a wall? Well, yeah, I guess if they don't show the actual death, that's yeah, I don't think they're gonna like show her, but I think the a scene of something, I mean, it's not gonna end up like somebody, I don't know, we've all seen what I'm just trying to say is I feel like we're we're seeing 
a change in, in our entertainment where kind of the negative or the not always super positive is now being kind of seen as this great entertainment. I don't watch loads of it. I can think of loads of shows like that are on HBO or Netflix that we would call some kind of like a dark irony or something of that sort. But I just kind of think we've seen, dare I say, worse happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if it went that far. Yeah, I still think, I I mean, also, like, what's his name? Dodie, who died with her. His Mm -hmm. father is still alive super wealthy and influential and like I feel like likely to shut that down more like you know like the royal family stays out of it and is not gonna you know say anything to Netflix or do anything like they don't even want to be affiliated Mm -hmm. but I feel like he might be somebody who has enough money that family to be like you know this is the way you need to show this I mean quite possibly you know the the crown doesn't reach out to media often if ever. So it's no surprise that we've never heard like a comment about them doing this uh, almost, you know, reality documentary, not not reality, but this, you know, fiction novelistic kind of true life telling of Elizabeth's life. But it's definitely now that it's become so current, you know, and, you know, spoiler alert, but is it really a spoiler? You know, um, seeing Diana's like food uh, relationship and all of her um, struggle with with bulimia and anorexia, like, I think that that's very jarring so much that they put a discretionary note at the front of the episode saying like, yo, like this is about to get real. Like, and if you know somebody that has this kind of a problem, I'm just kind of wondering, like, if no one's coming out and saying about, about that, like who's going to come saying, maybe you're right. Maybe like Dodie's family, because that's a, that's a citizen that'll say like, I don't want to see my, my son's life, you know, shown in such a way. Yeah. I don't, I guess it, it'll really just depend on how they do it. Because I just think that, like, it would be hard for them to have it in the show without showing any of it. But I just think that, like, showing it is the issue, not necessarily the discussion around it, you know? Yeah. But anyway, but actually, we should probably just do a whole episode on The Crown at another time. (laughs) We should. We should. What about anything about, uh, like, royal family stuff? Have you been keeping... Keeping up. Well, yeah, what are they I mean, doing keep, for the, the Christmas holiday season? They're not doing anything. Um, they just announced this week that they canceled the yearly walk to church on Christmas. Because, you know, that mm. always used to, that's like the draws main time crowd. I would see, yeah, the family and would draw a big crowds. So they've canceled that. Um, and I think that the queen has basically said she's not doing Christmas. Like, she's just going to be with Philip. And they're just going to have their own little Christmas. Everyone's just kind of doing their own Christmas at home. Just like, I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, that's what they're telling the country to do. Like, (laughs) you can't tell the country not to gather and then, like, you gather in a group. Um, So there's not, they're not really doing anything. I mean, they've been doing lots of events virtually. Um, So, you know, uh, but yeah, you know, nothing Nothing crazy, just like the rest of the world. Everybody's just kind of hanging out at home. (laughs) 
It's true. I mean, uh, the only thing that I had saw was, because I was kind of curious, how is that relationship with Harry and uh, Megan going? Because they're in California, living in the States now. And kind of was wondering, you know, holiday season, if they were going to travel at all, but I think probably just leading by example of no travel. And they'll be yeah, so in Santa Barbara. They had planned at one point to travel, but it was mostly just because Megan had to go back to the UK because they're suing that newspaper. Um, mm-hmm. But since like that, I guess, got pushed back, then they were like, well, yeah, obviously we're not going to travel because no one's getting together anyway. So yeah. they'll probably head there sometime in the new year for that if they have to meet for that. Oh, gosh. I just kind of hope so. Number one, I need some more pictures. I need a little bit more we just all could use a little bit more happiness in our lives, but I could really just use some resemblance of what we once had. Spring is beautiful in in England, and I just want to see, I don't know, the flowers, the flowers so badly. I want to see <laughs> Easter traditions. I want to see things come together because it's been a really big bummer that literally everything has been canceled. I know. Well. That has just been the year yeah that's just this year I mean hopefully hopefully next year's better <laughs> yeah. we can only hope um but, so no. back to our roots though I am drinking some tea while we talk oh, it's beautiful. very disgusting um <laughs> oh no <laughs> well I don't know it's like not real tea right it's it's a plum tea like oh, a fruity okay. tea, which in general I don't love fruity teas, but I do like plum flavored things. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's just too bitter or something. Like maybe I should have added more sugar. Anyway, I don't I'm think quite I've disappointed. Ever had plum tea. I mean, I was classy with my life and just picked up a box of Twinnings Earl Grey from Walmart because you know now let's take it back to reality. I feel like you can <laughs> never go wrong with Earl Grey, though. Even if it's just right. from Walmart. <laughs> and even if it's just Twinnings. Twinnings is pretty decent I feel like they're decent. Brand. Like, you're never going to get know? anything bad from them. It's not going to be, like, it's, exciting, but... Yeah, that's it. You know, it's going to be just a, a plain old fine cup, but it's never going to be, like, a holy cow, like, that tastes so great. Now, Steve, on the other hand, he'll go... He's big into shopping at the Whole Foods, and I'm real about us keeping a lower budget. <laughs> so sometimes he'll go, but I will never complain when the man comes home with like, he knows how much I love it. He'll go and check out different kinds of tea for us and then just like bring them home. So I've got to try some really interesting kinds, some not so good, a little bit too much like funk in that, that tea bag, but <laughs> others yeah. really delicious. I feel like that's the only thing I don't budget. It's like, I can keep myself from buying clothes. I can keep myself from like going out too much or whatever but like if I'm at the grocery store I'm gonna buy what I'm gonna buy (laughs) I know and isn't that like just saying our blessings aloud what a freaking luxury because once again year's been crazy um so if you can't afford the fancy cup I'm gonna point you to twinnings I think it was like a three dollar box for like 30 so you know but there is a luxury about going to the grocery store and being like, I'm going to take one of those. Yeah, that's true. One of those and calling it as you see it, because that is freaking privilege because not all of us have that ability. So I did that as I wandered around um, 
Walmart trying to pick up things to make my own little Christmas cookie boxes and biscuits and things because tis the season to make absurd amount of sweets. Yes, I actually just delivered some cookies to people today. I have more to deliver this afternoon, more to deliver next weekend. (laughs) What did you make? What did you make? So today, so I've I've different deliveries for different people, but today I did some fudge and this brown butter toffee cookie. Um, It's from, I'll just tell people, it's from Bon Appetit. So if you look up Bon Appetit brown butter Mm. and toffee chocolate chip cookies, um, they have the recipe. It's going to feel weird. Like when you make it and you first mix the (laughs) dough together, you're like, why does this dough look like goop? And they tell you Mm. to let it sit for half an hour for the flour to hydrate, which I had never heard of. And I was like, whatever. But I did it. And then after half an hour, it looks like normal cookie dough. So I was like, okay, this is magic. So I just felt like I should warn people in case they make them because it'll look weird. But you just, you really have to let it sit at room temperature for 30 minutes. And then it'll look like normal cookie dough. I love it. I, um, two things. I have never made, I've made caramel before and I've made caramel sauce, but I've never made actual like soft chew wrapped up caramels this is, or caramels, whichever way you prefer to say. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to try to oh. make candy for the first time, um, which I'm really excited about that. But also with your topic of toffee, I am thinking about making my first sticky toffee pudding because I've never done that have you yes no you know mostly because it doesn't sound good to me (laughs) oh really I've always Um, been like I look at it because I it's like a I believe and somebody's gonna be like you don't know what you're talking about um it's steamed right you steam it I think so and it's like a like in a bambamarie right (laughs) It's so a French term that I'm butchering. I think, though, it's, like, normally made with lots of dates. Yes. And I hate dates. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> so that's, that's the reason that I don't. There's a lot like of dried, yeah, there's, like, dates. You can put either raisins or currants into it. Um, and then you're supposed to have, like, a sticky toffee sauce to pour on top and then I believe you make like a cream anglaise to like put on top like I said I've just been watching way too much of the British baking show but no spoilers because I didn't actually watch the season finale yet been like savoring it I don't know why I like to watch it on Sundays so haven't finished it but I always get so inspired by the things that they do though I have to be honest sometimes British baking is not for me because it is sometimes really dry and sometimes I like by that point I want something like a little bit sweet not overly sweet because I I love that their desserts are not overly sugary but sometimes you'll get something you're like what is this where is the flavor yeah no I agree made a few cakes that turned out that way. So I'm, I'm trying the sticky toffee pudding to get like maybe a different kind of texture. Cause my last British cake was a cherry almond, like tin loaf 
It was drier this than sawdust. Gross. No offense. <laughs> I mean, I like cherries. I like almonds. And you're just supposed to like bake it almost like you would in, in your bread tin, like you would like banana bread, right? But it was dry AF. Like, what am I going to do with this thing? <laughs> so I just ended up tossing it. It was not good. <laughs> That's sad. Um... Okay, we should focus. We so, should. We should. We can, we can chat It's later. been a while. Yes, we forgot so, how to focus. Okay, so we each true. have a story. We picked we whatever we wanted. Um, it's been a while. It was just time to come back and just like start easy, but also give you guys something that you would you would find in her. So I feel like we should pause and let people guess what kind of story we picked. I'm going to guess oh. yours. I'm okay. going to guess that yours is oh, I'm trying to think because it, it might not fit into any of our categories because we said anything but mm-hmm. most likely yours has something to do either with some sort of weird food or it's a war story <laughs> you know me so well <laughs> <laughs> yes to the second part okay. it is a bit of a war story okay. a bit but not really a battle story. It's more, this is for me, mine is more of like a person slash the amazing things that they did, but there's also battle in it. So there it is. Okay. Okay. I like this game. <laughs> Leah would choose something either. I feel like we've really talked about the Royals a lot, but I would say either Royal fat, like fashion traditions or she would go back and find some oddity of some kind of practice or some kind of position that you would never have thought normal humanity would ever have come up with, but somehow the Britons did. Am so, I anywhere close? I did go way back to... Okay, and here we are. To 1013. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, even before that. I think it was 978. Um, <laughs> so I love it. I did go way back. Um, it is about the royal family of 978. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I beat you in how far back you went. What? How is that even possible? <laughs> Mine is from the year 60 AD. Wow. So we have like an oldie, but a goodie here. Wow, we've, yeah. It's an old soul episode. <laughs> <laughs> so should I go first? Because mine is older. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we should go. And seeing that I have order. zero idea who would have been last the last time we did this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like six months ago. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's way out the window. Okay. My story person, legend, whole nine yards, takes place, like I said, um, around the year 60 AD. And I was wondering, do you know who Bodica, or I think some people also called her Bodicea was? Yes. I, where did <gasps> I go? I went somewhere, somewhere that I went in the UK, she was like there. But I don't remember. Yes, she's very, there is a, because I have seen this as well, there is a statue of her behind 
the Parliament Building, the House of Parliament. Oh, yeah. There is a statue of her with two other women in a carriage, and I have zero idea um, who it was until I read about Bodica. I'm going to call her Bodica because Bodicea just takes too much more effort. It's okay. My person has, like, a very, very difficult name to pronounce, so I also am just going to call her something else. So, yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> because we're, like, way back in the day. So, so let's nobody go back. knows what their real names were. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, there's that, but there's also the fact that we have, like, the Roman rule at this time, and names are just really, like, us-yes-yes. So um, there's going to be a lot of that, and I'm going to butcher it anyway. So let's begin. So the year is uh, 660 AD, and we are in mm, kind of around Wales area. Of course, names now, you know, from where we were to where we are now are all different. And we have a man named Pros, oh, geez, Prosugusis. And he is the husband and the lord and king of a certain territory within the British Celtic Insenim tribe. He's been ruler there. His family has ruled there for ages. But now we have the Roman Empire has come in and claims Britain for his own. I'm going to ruin his name, so I'm just going to call him Prass. Prass passes away. He dies much sadness. But at this time, as soon as Roman rulers come in, they decided that, well, we actually don't want you worshiping your own kings or paying them. Um, and we want you to worship, have loyalty, patriotism for Rome. So we're going to slowly start phasing out your royal families. So what would happen after a king would die is they would put on a slap of a death duty, which is pretty much just a fancy tax, meaning every time another king would die, half of his land and half of his possessions and half of his people would automatically become Romans. Everything belonged to Rome. Everything would then go off to um, to the Caesar or the... Um, governor of Rome. So we have slowly these Britons, this Inseni tribe, are starting to get really ticked off. But when Prass passes away, Bodica is his wife. Now, what we know of her, she was tall, she was fierce, and she had wild and crazy long hair. This is all documented later by a Roman uh, historian, he is the one rewriting what he comes to call her a warrior queen. So Crass dies, Bodica is of course in mourning, but when the Romans show up to say, now it's time for us to take your, the half of the land and the half of the money. And now who's going to become a Roman citizen in the whole nine yards. She's not into it one bit. <laughs> and if anything, she starts stirring up the people. Like she's telling them, this is pretty ludicrous. We've been here forever. Who are these people coming in that we now have to start paying them to stay where we've always been? So, of course, this starts a bit of a 
revolt. So we have Emperor Claudius who hears about what's going on in what is now modern day Wales and things are getting heated. So he sends Roman soldiers over there to calm down this grieving crazy woman apparently. Bodica is tortured she is uh, whipped in front of a crowd, and then her two daughters are also flogged and raped. And this is what pushes this this country, this Britons, all these Britons over the edge, because these are three women, and two of them quite young, and they see these new invaders as just as that. They are not somebody that they wish to have them be governed by. So cool thing is, is back in this far back before we have any Roman semblance of what government should be, women actually get a chance to, you know, have ownership rule. <laughs> so I know crazy that, you know, we still abide sometimes by these like archaic principles that was from a different nation. So this Inseni tribe, Prass has passed away. Bodica gets the tribes. She gets them all together, and she is now this warrior. She is gone. Oh, she's going to go full into this. She is shows everybody her back. She gets men, women, children. Everybody is on her side, and they go, and they say, we're going to drive them out. So they start by... Um, destroying, oh gosh, so many names, Camulumdum, which is now modern Colchester. They overtake that. They kill pretty much every Roman soldier and anybody that won't kind of turn to their, their side of things. They go and continue to Londinium, which is modern London, overtake it, um, and they just continue burning and defeating all the way up to Verlumium. So these are the three major cities that the Romans have overtaken and also helped create. By this point, there's an estimated that 80,000 people were killed, and those people are just Romans because that all of this history was being preserved by Roman historians. By this point, um, we hear the emperor's change. We now have Nero, Emperor Nero is going, this is getting out of, it's getting crazy. We need to write to Bodica and tell her it is time to fight. What was really working for the tribes of Bodica is they were still pretty barbaric so we have the Romans that were all about structure and this is how we fight where we have Bodica and her rage that she helped instill within all of these people. So they were coming in the night, they were coming in the day, they were burning down your house, they were poisoning your water, they were taking you, if you were going to go and pick mushrooms, they were going to pick you off. Like there was no real organization which... This was something that the Romans were just not really prepared for. They were, they know how to deal with structure. So after three major victories, I think Bodica starts to get a little 
maybe ahead of herself. She now has loads of people following her. But when Nero says, this is the day that we're fighting, we'll see you on the field, she accepts. Now, the thing that she doesn't fully realize is she's never seen the Roman Empire and the way that they work uh, when they're actually well organized. And the fact is, is she doesn't lead a military. She leads kind of these barbaric tribes that are in such a, a rush and so eager to get rid of people that they're not really working on skills, nor really uniting their, their forces together. So the day comes that they meet on the battlefield, which is up north um, of modern uh, England. Uh, and she meets him on the battlefield and they start to fight. And at one point it almost looks like, okay, this is an even fight. But the fact is, is the Romans had forward troops, they had back troops, they had troops on the flanks, they knew how to attack. And all that Boudicca had was people driving from the front. And if anything, she had picked up so much women and children that went wanted to come and see the great victory fight that they took their horses and their car carriages and almost made like a semicircle on the back side of her. So there's just watching this fight go down, but also when things start to go sour and there's trying to pull back a retreat, they're also kind of trapped still yet on the field with the Romans. Needless to say, it becomes a mass, a massacre. It's just a mass loss and which is, is hard to take in a way because she was so, so close. If she would have won this battle, the Romans would have left pretty much everything that I could read from historians just come back. Like this was truly the last front, but she didn't continue to play the game her way. So she's, uh, defeated and things continue to be, goes back to Roman rule, but it definitely puts a huge dent into the Roman empire they're very weak. It takes them years to rebuild any semblance of what they once had. And there's kind of this flame that never leaves of what truly is and makes these Britain tribes. And so, of course, this legacy turns into legend. And through the centuries, we get... Um, poems. We have Shakespeare talking about her. We have Alfred Lord Tennyson and, uh, and to the point that even Queen uh, Victoria herself uh, keeps her name uh, as a namesake and has it published on oh, sculptures. And there is a statue of her that is erected um, on what is called the Victorian Embankment next to the Westminster Bridge and right behind the House of Parliament, which is still there today, which is uh, Bodica on her chariot with two horses in front of her and her two daughters in the back uh, of her chariot riding forward. She has the spear. She looks glorious. And it's about just keeping the uh, the spirit of England 
alive. Uh, now, a little bit of the legend that just like follows to to cap it off is some believe that she is buried underneath um, King's Cross Station, at <laughs> and that she is buried somewhere between uh, platforms nine and ten. <gasps> And actually, um, J.K. <laughs> Rowling brings this up, that that's why she had to put the platform at nine and three quarters, because she believes that Bodica is under platform 10, and she didn't want to impose on the legend there. Um, when in actuality, because the Brit- the battle was so far north, um, this is really hard to believe, but... Uh, <laughs> But it makes for a cool story. So um, that was, she's she's just been a, a symbol for the people and really kind of imperse, uh, personifies this British spirit. And that is Bodica, the warrior queen of 60 AD. Ooh. I too am talking about a queen. <gasps> but she's not. I a, love it. Not really a warrior. <laughs> Uh, but she's sneaky. So actually, I think that we we picked our own things because you're more of a warrior, but I'm more like behind the scenes, sneakily poisoning people. So I like it. You know, <laughs> we're just like really I don't crazy. know if I would like identify that. At least people would know. Like I would be up in their face, but you you never would know where Leah would be. <laughs> exactly. She's shifty like that. <laughs> yeah, don't get on my wrong side. Um. <laughs> No, okay, so have you, so I I don't know how to pronounce this, but I feel like you've heard of him, a former king known as Ethelred the Unready. Oh, yes. yes. People like to what make a fun, great fun of him because that's his name, right? So this yes. is about his mother, which will also explain why he was known as the Unready, but we, we have to start with his mother. Um, so... Her name was um, also difficult to pronounce. <laughs> she was Elfrith. Elfrith, I guess, is how I'll okay. pronounce it, which meant elf strength. So she was known for being incredibly beautiful. Um, her father was like a really powerful, high ranking official. Um, during King Edgar's reign. And so she, um, like, since, since her father was so powerful and she was known to be so beautiful, when King Edward was looking for a second wife, like his wife died, he was like, hey, I've heard about her. Um, and like, by marrying her, he'd be connected with another part of the country and help his dynasty. And so he sent his um oh what did, he he sent one of his um advisors known as Ethelwald <laughs> to go see Ethelrith <laughs> to they're tell all him, named the same yeah, I know right it's very <laughs> it makes it so hard <laughs> <laughs> um to tell her to to and he said you know if she's as beautiful as they say she is then um offer my hand in marriage to her you know so his advisor goes to see her and turns out she is as beautiful as everyone had said. So his advisor marries her himself. Um, then he <laughs> writes to Edgar that uh, she was not, she was very unsuitable. She would not have been a good queen. 
looked nothing like like they'd been told. So that's what he tells Edgar. But then he never comes back, you know. And so Edgar yeah. gets suspicious and he's like, um, has he betrayed me? Like why like why is why would he not even come back? Like why is he staying there? Um and so he sends a letter that's like, okay, well I'm gonna come visit you. So his friend Ethelwald freaks out and he tells his wife, Hey, uh wear some ugly clothes, try to make yourself look ugly. Like, I don't want the king to know that I lied to him. Um, But instead, she was like, why would I hide myself away like this? Like, that's your fault for lying to your king. So she uh, tries to make herself look more beautiful and be more charming than ever. So Edgar comes to visit. He's like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. She's so beautiful. Um, He goes hunting with her husband uh and as they're hunting somehow accidentally Aethelrith her husband gets run through with a javelin by the king um oh no he dies (laughs) so after his death Aethelrith becomes King Edgar's second wife (laughs) I mean okay I won't interrupt (laughs) (laughs) what do you think when you go like this was like the this is so prehistoric, like swiping right, you know, like if they're good looking, you're going to swipe right. But you took somebody else's swipe because you were supposed to be the verifier. So I'm just saying, what are you expecting? Not saying I'm saying it was right, <laughs> but. But yeah, I mean, like, what did she expect? <laughs> so she, um, so the interesting thing about her is, you know, in English history, I mean, even now, when there's a coronation and the king is made the king or the queen is coronated the queen, um, their spouse is not automatically king or queen, right? Like they're the consort. And the reason for this is because in other cultures, other countries, um, you know, a, a king is automatically king when he marries the queen or vice versa. But because of that, a lot of people would kill their spouses to get power. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why in British history, they don't do that because they don't want like somebody being like, oh, I'll just marry the queen and then I'll kill her and then I'll be king, you know? Right. So, yeah. But somehow, Aethelrith was able to convince Edgar that she should also be coronated. So she was coronated queen right after they got married. Um, so... Nobody's really sure why that happened, but basically they think that she convinced him to do that because Edgar had already had a previous wife and had other sons that were in line for the throne, but their mother had never been queen, right? And so she was thinking if she became queen, then like it would push her kids up in the succession. Um, Right. So she was the only of the Anglo-Saxon queens to be consorts to be crowned. Um. So she knew what was up. She's all like, "Mm -mm. I I want the power and the title. I know she knew what to do. (laughs) So unfortunately, you know, he did have a few other sons from his first wife, um, who, and his first wife was also picked for political reasons. So, um, you know, that was going to be a problem, but Ethelrith was able to give birth to her son, Ethelred, future Ethelredian, ready. Um, 
But uh, after King Edgar dies, there's issues because he's got the other son and the other son is Edward. Um, so Edward had actually grown up with uh, Queen Ethelred, his stepmother, like basically being his mother for a while. Um, but so he, you know, so he trusts her. So he goes to visit his stepmother after he's successfully claimed the throne. Um, he was still pretty young, but he was an adult. So he successfully claimed the throne because he, um, because Ethel, Ethelred was so much younger, still a child. Mm -hmm. And Ethelred, his stepmother, people were like, yeah, you were crowned queen, but actually, you know, we want this guy. So, but he still trusts his stepmother. He goes to visit her. Somehow, while he's visiting her, he's accidentally poisoned and killed. Um, mm -hmm. so, accidentally. Yes. So, <laughs> conveniently, the only person left to step up is Ethelred. And his mother, Ethelred. So, um, Ethelred becomes the uh, king, but he's very young. So that's he actually... He was unready. Yes, that's why he's called the unready. Because back then, like, so like the translation from Old English of unready actually means poorly advised. Um, and like, because he was so young, he had no advisors. And so like, you know, most kings have advisors, yeah. but he was like a child. So he had no advisors. He just had his mom who was running things for him. Right. So, and he was so far off like the succession plan that I'm sure no one was like educating him and getting him ready. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he became Ethelred the Unready, also known as Ethelred the Ill-Advised. <laughs> so but yeah, so his mom was able to um, remain an important figure. She like raised him. He became king. She raised his kids. They all became kings. Um, and she, even though her reputation was damaged because her stepson was murdered at her home, there was never any proof that she had anything to do with it. Although clearly she did. Um, yeah, but she actually had like became very into like monastic reform and founded an abbey as a benedictine nunnery and later she retired as a nun and died there <laughs> perfect yeah but um i mean what if you've you've already been the most beautiful person on the you know in the land mm -hmm. that you cause men to lie to kings kings to kill other people you've now queened yourself you've now gotten your children onto the throne I mean what else do you need you just need a quiet quiet time in in the village to read a book maybe make some wine yeah exactly and that's yeah. how she retired I feel like it was a it was a very exciting life <laughs> love it so yeah that's Ethelreth or however you say her name also known as Alfreda Elfrida. Nobody knows how to say it, but I know there's like a billion. I just gave you two, Bodica and Bodicea. There was like nine more. I was like, nope, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, like, really, it's just like amazing that we even have the history from back then, right? Like, I know, right? But I mean, and I, at least in mine, everything that I was reading had said like the Romans had, you know, preserved it. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know if these tribes were taking note <laughs> yeah I think it was the Romans 
I mean, just because they already were so organized, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, sending records back to Rome instead of, like, these people just doing whatever. I don't even know. Living out their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Going to war, killing each other. It's true. Or poisoning one another. Well, I'm I'm happy now to hear the full story because now I'll just be shifty if I come and eat at your house, seeing that you say that you're – you have these tendencies of being shifty. Hey, I just don't want to be poisoned. We lived together for many years, and I did not ever poison you. <laughs> it's true. You never just poisoned like I me. that out. <laughs> uh, well, I love that though. It has been a little bit of our own, you know, journey to get back to recording. That we somehow magically kind of fell across like similar periods of time with kind of similar stories. So. Yeah. We're always in tune. But we're not going to make any promises about when we'll be back. I feel like that's our downfall. When we're like, Yeah, if we say like, oh, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, then that, then it doesn't happen. But if we don't say anything, like who knows, you know? (laughs) It's true. It could be here in like a couple of days and you'll be like, what, what? Mm -hmm. But I mean, I already have ideas. Life is too predictable and boring during COVID. Like we just want to keep you on your toes. Someday you'll open your phone and be like, what? new episode who knew what? <laughs> they're still alive i mean frankly i forgot what day of the week we used to drop these so this know. is very true so <laughs> this episode will be dropping quickly <laughs> um i just have to say something about a new netflix show oh please <laughs> so i don't know how everyone feels about this because this is like fakely bridgish it's not really but one of the best regency romance novels current ones is julia quinn she is not british Mm -hmm. she's like from seattle um but she writes great historical regency romances and shonda rhimes purchased her series the bridgertons and it's being released on netflix on christmas day merry christmas to me um (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be amazing. Um, so there's... You've heard it here first. Leah has already been critically approving the show. Yeah, for real though. It will be amazing. I mean, Shonda Rhimes is making it. Julie Andrews is the narrating voice. Um, yes. Nobody and else I was in the just show excited. is famous. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay, I mean, that's okay. fine. Here's the thing. But that's Actually, what you mean. I think are like some of them because for example did you ever watch dairy girls of course i watched dairy girls so the girl who plays claire on dairy Uh girls is in it um oh okay and then there and i think everyone else is like a little i just don't know what i'm gonna do if she doesn't have that northern ireland like yeah accent but everyone else in it i think is like they're like bbc famous you know so like If you watch like Broadchurch or Doctor Who or whatever, like you mm-hmm. might recognize them, but which I do, so they're probably my level of famous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For but other people, like, oh, that you guy. probably don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember seeing him in a British procedural. Yeah, I know. Seriously, I've been watching so many. Oh, you know what? Actually, one more thing. I just want to teach everyone who needs to trick their husbands into watching British TV. I have learned. The Ooh. Way. So okay. This is what you do. You, you start with Poldark because you tell them it's about somebody returning from war and then they'll think it's a war show. 
so oh dear no this is how and that was actually accidental I didn't mean to do that but I was like I don't know it's from some, some guy returning from the war and he was like oh so then after you watch that then they get hooked so once they're hooked on that you slip them over into Netflix there's a show called the English game it's about the creation of soccer um, oh okay. or no yeah soccer in in England so it's a Netflix show by Julian Fellows um once you watch that they're like hooked because of the sports right because they've they've just watched that British show so they're used to people speaking in British accents from Poldark then you switch them over to this which is actually like chronologically a little bit later in time <laughs> and so then they're into it then they've just watched a Julian Fellows show so you slip them from that into Downton Abbey which chronologically is right after that <laughs> Once they're into Downton Abbey, they're totally hooked on everything, and then you can do what you want. And then you can do anything. Well, or you can have the reaction of my husband, which is pretty much you. He comes home from work, or from you have to start before he's there, because uh, if it's during, he will kind of like curl one like that upper lip on the left side will just get a little high, and the eyes will get a little squinty. Like he smelled something really bad. Um, but if he comes home and you're already watching it, he'll just walk around speaking in his best attempt of a British accent and mm. then continue to ask, when will it be over? Um, so that he can put on something else. <laughs> <laughs> but see, So that's my relationship. Have you tried to trick him into Pole Dark though? Because you finished Pole Dark like before you guys, you know? So like... It's true. Um... Right now, we're going a little bit more. If he can get into the more edgy stuff, hence why I bring up like procedurals, because he's done broad church mm. and that went okay. <laughs> um, we're doing Young Wallander, though that's, you know, Sweden, though it's the BBC is now making it, right? So it has a lot of British actors in it. So he's kind of okay with that like we if we can do a little bit more of like the i'm watching a crime show i'm watching like a murder show he has a little bit more interest but um i could i mean i had to start little women when he was not at home just so that i could finally finish all of it because you know he just can't get through anything that's like romancy so especially if it's romancy and british it's like he'll just nap instead so. Oh, you know what? There is a British miniseries of Les Mis from BBC. Oh. And it's I really, did not know this. Really, really good. Um, okay. That would he be- did sit and watch Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls, if you have not seen it, dear listener, please <laughs> do yourself the favor of getting into your 90s nostalgia, listening to that music, seeing the fashion, then put it all in Northern Ireland with these great actors and actresses living out just like high school preparatory um drama it is it is good it is funny it's excellent writing and he got really down on that so if there is a similarity if that you know of or if somebody knows just let me know because i'm trying to convert the husband to a bit more british we can do it i believe in you you can do it I just did it to mine, so I'll... <laughs> it takes some time. Yeah. So while, if you but... love British things, but those loved ones around you have not gotten on the British bandwagon just yet, do not give up hope. This is a support system that you have here. 
Mm-hmm. We'll support We're you. We're in it together. We're all in it together. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. Someday That's you true. may hear another one. <laughs> That's right. All right, Good guys. Luck to us all. <laughs> okay. yeah. Happy 2020. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Bye.